What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the WWJD What Would Jesus Do podcast. I'm with one of my really good friends, Chris, today, um, and I'm so excited that y'all tuned in to listen to me and him have a good conversation a little bit about his faith, uh, his ministries, and how he's uh, walked in his faith ever since. Uh, Chris, I want to welcome you. I'm going to go ahead and start with the question that we ask everyone on the podcast, and that is, what's a time in your life that you had to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? So it was probably now a little over three years ago. And at my former church, there was a disagreement. We'll just call it that between the pastor and the associate pastor. And it created a lot of drama to the point where people within the church were against other people within the church and a lot of people left over that including myself and my parents and because of that there were a few months where I didn't understand what God was doing in fact I wanted nothing to do with God I did not read my Bible at all during that time, I didn't go to church. In fact, my friends, my family, they all asked me to go to church with them and I wouldn't. I just wanted nothing to do with God. But my granny and my aunt, let's just say they were persistent. So I humored them and went to church with them and the first sermon that I heard from the pastor of New Vision Baptist Church where I go now um, it was about the title of it was there's only one well and I don't even remember the context of it but it made me think so I got to reading the Bible that evening and just thinking. And at that point, it didn't really change my mind because then there was a few more weeks. I didn't want to go back to church. But then I thought, okay, I'll go back. So I went back to that same church, New Vision Baptist Church. And he was speaking on how God uses our hard times and our sufferings to teach us. I was like, okay, maybe that's what God's doing. So I got into reading some more God's word after that message. And it ended up me reading and reading, just praying for the most of the night. And I finally understood what God doing he was trying to teach me something so I started going back to that church and back to that church to the point that and another thing everyone within the church was just always so loving and caring even though they didn't know who I was at first now they all know me like family but it was such a just a loving environment that 
even though I felt betrayed, um, and say my spirit was just broken, everyone there was able to comfort me and guide me, get me back where I needed to be. And it was a few months into going to New Vision Baptist Church that the um, then music director there welcomed me, offered me a position in the praise team. I thought, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. And I don't even remember what verse it, it is, but it's a verse that talks about singing, praising, singing songs and psalms unto the Lord. I think, okay. So I joined the praise team. Okay. That next week, the choir director said, would you like to join? Asked me if I wanted to join. So she asked me about 10 minutes before service was supposed to start. So I got up on stage and started singing. And then a few months later, people were saying, you've got a wonderful voice. You need to sing more. Of course, none of them knew because, and some of them don't know to this day, most do, but some don't, that I was actually music director of my former church. So I started singing more, singing specials. And then other pastors would come to New Vision Baptist Church and they wanted me to sing at their church. So I started singing at their church. And somehow what was just a music ministry within my former church, which was just me getting up on stage, leading a few hymns every Sunday, expanded. So God took me through this suffering this hard time to expand exponentially expand my music ministry from the praise team to the choir to special singings at my church and other churches um i finally realized through all of that that god it took god putting me through that suffering that trial to exponentially grow number one my faith but also my ministry for sure and uh i know something that you don't talk about very often especially on your tiktok is your music ministry um and how that kind of began uh so i know you briefly mentioned that and i know you also mentioned uh, how loving the church that you now go to was when you first started going that that really means a lot as someone who switched churches a few times because of different instances um, that really matters is having loving and caring people. So can you talk about how that really affected you returning to the church and you continuing to walk in your, in your faith? So I don't want to talk ill of my former church. Right. One reason I'm not mentioning their name, but, at my former church, it was more of a, hmm, every Sunday was just a routine. Okay, I'd get up, 
lead some hymns. Now, I would do that out of the goodness of my heart. I wanted to praise and worship God. But every Sunday just seemed like a routine at that church. And everybody just showed up. And at 12 o'clock, they left. Heaven forbid you went after 12. But when I found myself at New Vision Baptist Church, everyone wanted to be there. Didn't matter how long the service went on. If we started praising and worshiping God, whether it we worshiped him for in song for 10 minutes or an hour, everybody wanted to be there. And everyone just loved being there. At my former church, it was Sunday, and that was it. Nobody wanted to do anything else. At New Vision, we are there as much as possible. We have our worship service Sunday morning. Normally, we have Sunday night worship service, Wednesday night Bible study. We have Saturday events. We spend as much time together in the fellowship of other Christians, loving Christians, as possible. I've, they've invited me into their homes. I've invited them here. We've had um, just good fellowship and Bible study here at my house. And that's something I never had at my former church being invited into their homes, just like part of the family, you could say, an extended family. So I guess just feeling like I'm part of every single person within the church's family. It's just not something I felt before, but in this church, New Vision Baptist Church, I feel like I'm part of each and every one of their families. And we love each and every one within our family. For sure. Uh, and that's something I can actually relate to for people that have heard my testimony, or at least part of it is at our former church uh, that my parents and I go to or went to. Um, it did. It really felt like church was a requirement. You know, it was like, you have to go to church every Sunday. It's just like, it's one of those things that, like you said, just becomes a routine. And it's kind of like, there's not, not really a heart check in it. You know, like you, you should want to wake up on Sunday mornings and be like excited to go to church, excited to, to worship God. But it got to the point at that church. And like, like we said, we're not going to mention names, but like it got to the point where it was like, this is just like a, a routine. And it's just like, we're not excited to go anymore. And we realized that and we're like, you know, this isn't exactly where we need to be and uh, started looking for a new church. And I'm really happy with where we're at now. Uh, but I just really relate to that. I think quite a few other people might as well, because I think there's a lot of churches in America uh, or around the world that are focused on just making it a requirement to go every week, just every Sunday. And that's something that needs to be fixed. You know, you should be excited to go uh, find a church that you're excited to go to. And another thing, um, within my former church, within my music ministry, another thing 
was that I never felt I had help. Like I had to do it all. Now I enjoyed my men, still enjoy my ministry and just praising and worshiping God through it. But in my former church, I never felt like I had any sort of help. But at New Vision, there's so many, everyone's willing to help, whether it's being part of the praise team or the choir or getting there early to see if I need any help setting up anything. Everyone's willing to be a part of the ministry and help spread God's word. Right. That's really, really important because, you know, one man can't do it alone. You know, we have to work in teams, you know, the it's uh, it's like, we know that wolves attack things that are by themselves. If they're in packs, they won't because in packs, you're, you're better together. You know, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, but let's also talk a little bit about your TikTok journey and how you kind of began on that. I know a lot of people probably know you from there. So my TikTok journey. So I actually first installed TikTok during that rough time between churches. And I just installed it just to have something to do. And I just scrolled through seeing the usual TikTok videos. Let's just say secular TikTok. And the first Christian TikTok I came across was Jesse Bless. Some crazy skit. I don't even remember what the exact skit was. But I thought it was funny. So I followed him. Okay. I followed him. And then that changed my whole For You page. I started getting Christian TikToker after Christian TikToker after Christian TikToker. Soon came, um, I think, Max Milton, actually. Um, probably Tyler Logston, Katie Mag- Kaden McGuire, um, Annika. Um, and I could go on forever naming all these Christian TikTokers. And I just started following more and more and more. And it was probably through that it also encouraged me to get back into church, just hearing these short little messages on Christian TikTok. And for a time, I just scrolled through. I didn't post anything. My very first TikTok was about a year after that. I caught COVID back in, that was 2019. And the first week I was recovering, but the second week I was still in quarantine because that's back when we had the nice long quarantines. So, you know, what? I thought, you know what? Something I like to do is read God's word. So let me just make a, a TikTok about it. And what encouraged me to do it is I actually saw Again, a TikTok by Jesse Bless, where he read an excerpt out of the Jesus book, the Hawaii Creole English New Testament. My very first TikTok was um, something like this. Um, Hello. So today's Bible wisdom comes to us from John 3.16, which thankfully I just flipped right to for God when get so plenty love and aloha go to people inside the world that he went send me his one and only boy so that everybody that trusts me no get cut off from God but get the real keen light that stay to the max forever. 
But what I did not expect was for that TikTok to didn't necessarily blow up, but I didn't expect for it to get several hundred views. So I thought, well, okay, let me try something else. So I just dug out a Bible. At that time, I had one Bible. I had move the spider. I had this MacArthur study Bible that my former pastor actually gave to me. I don't even remember what the first verse or verses I read were, but I just started making TikToks, just reading the Bible. I didn't give you any sort of Bible wisdom. I just, if you scroll back, they're still there, just reading God's word. Then it evolved into, okay, read a few verses, try to explain them. I wasn't doing a very good job explaining them because I was just learning myself. I've read God's word through my life, but I've never really dug deep into it and examined it before then. Um, and it eventually evolved into the TikTok Bible wisdoms that I have today, where I just read a verse or two and then ask some question. And most of the time, those are some kind of serious questions. Now, there's every once in a while, I'll do a sort of comedic question like, what is a, um, what's the crazy one? Oh, I did one. What was a pot shirt? Had nothing to do with Bible wisdom. It was just some crazy history. But my, my goal with the Bible wisdom TikToks is if I can just give them that little nugget, that little starter, okay, maybe they'll get interested. They'll hear that one verse and that little fact and think, that's cool. Maybe I'll read a little bit more of that. Maybe instead of that one or two verses, they'll read the whole chapter to get some more context, just to get them interested into God's word. And another thing, you'll notice that I end every single one of my TikToks with a simple message. And remember, Jesus loves you and God bless you. So if they hear nothing else, no matter who sees it, whether they're a Christian or non-Christian, they'll know that Jesus loves them because that's a simple fact. Jesus loves everyone, regardless of who they are. And I think that's the simple view of it. For sure. Uh, like something I find so amazing is with the guests that will come on this podcast for the rest of the season and even into season two, three, whatever God wants to do with it is how different everyone's story is on beginning on TikTok. You know, there's comedians on TikTok, Christian TikTok as well. Uh, there's people that are solely focused on like you giving Bible wisdom and telling people about God's word. There's people about just, you know, making jokes, like I already said, comedians. And there's so many different areas that people can relate to because, you know, people are just interested in different things naturally. You know, some people are interested in sports. Some people just like funny things. Uh, and some people just like the nitty gritty stuff and just want to know exactly what it is. And that's something that's really cool about TikTok is there's so many different, I guess you'd say niches in it that uh, allow for different ways to spread the gospel. And I think that's something that's really important right now is sharing the gospel. So um, for viewers that are listening, watching, 
Um, what's your piece of advice for people that are out there that want to share the gospel? Maybe it's on social media, maybe it's in person. Uh, how do you recommend them do that? First things first is you'll need to get out of your comfort zone because a lot of people um, don't want to get in front of a camera. They don't want to, especially if it's in person, you don't want to get up in, a, in front of a crowd of people. You have to get out of your comfort zone. So that was probably a little easier for me as it relates to Christian TikTok because I was already a music director before that. And in my life outside of TikTok and ministry in general, I'm actually a teacher. So I'm used to being in front of people talking. But before that, when I was in college and in school in general, I was a shy person. I would not get up in front of people and talk, especially not up in front of a church full of people to preach and to sing up, to sing songs of praise and worship. That's not something I would do. And in fact, going back to my very first day, as music director of my former church, I can remember just clenching, actually I have the hymnal, clenching this hymnal with a death grip because I was so nervous about getting up on stage, but I just had to take that slow walk up on stage and we sung victory in Jesus. I can remember that and I would not look at them. I had a death grip on this hymnal, but I just sang. I just sang a song of praise to God, and it got easier and easier. That death grip turned into just a one-hand hold of the hymnal. Um, then it turned to the point where I didn't need the hymnal. I could just sing and express my love to God in front of this church whether it's through singing a hymn or I like Southern gospel music. So some Southern gospel song in front of all these different churches, a variety of people. It, it's not going to happen in a snap of a finger. It's not going to happen overnight. You just have to get out of your comfort zone and just start Just start somewhere. Even if you look back, at all my Christian TikToks, at all my TikToks, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can see the evolution of me just getting out of my comfort zone. Whether it's just me reading the Bible, me trying to explain to me, being excited to be able to share just a nugget of Bible wisdom each day. Just take that first step of stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm glad you mentioned that because something that that's something that really everyone has to do because believe it or not, a lot of people have a fear of getting up on a stage. Like it's, it's not just a small group of people, like even people like big people, you know, Tim Tebow, Sadie Robertson, you know, these people that get up on stage on a, on a weekly basis, almost like 
they get scared when they go up on stage, you hear them talk about it. And, you know, it's something that we all have that fear of, you know, I remember back in 2019, before I had a stronger relationship with God, I was uh, an FCA officer for people that don't know. FCA is a fellowship of Christian athletes. And our whole movement was we did it every Thursday, we went in the gym, uh, and a ton of people came, our school was pretty big. uh, And there was about 300 people on average every week that would come it was pretty amazing uh but i remember we had an announcement sheet and when i originally applied to be an officer i um i applied to be the announcer you know the person that was telling all the announcements to these 300 people that were at fca and um when i went in to have the officer meeting with the officers that were there now I was a nervous wreck. Like I was scared to death to talk to these nine officers that were there. And they were like, if you're scared to talk to us, how do you think you're going to talk in front of 300 people? And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. Um, luckily I was able to be an officer in a different area at that point. Uh, but I remember later on in the year, uh, the officer that had taken that position that I originally wanted was out and I had to do that position. So I had to get out of my comfort zone, uh, went in that morning, didn't realize he was going to be out. And I had to get out of my comfort zone like within 30 minutes. And I had to go step in front of those people and read the announcements. And it was one of the scariest moments ever. I was probably staring that sheet to death during it. But if you told me six months later that I would be at this point, uh, sharing the gospel on social media probably would have thought you were crazy. Um, and I would have been like, no, that that's not going to happen. I, I don't even post TikToks. I don't even know how to post TikToks. I don't even know how to get to the camera on TikTok. I'm not posting like, but now I, I do it. And, you know, even if I went out and preached in front of uh, a church, I would still have that nervous gut feeling. It's a little different on social media than it is in person. Um, and that's something that I've really had to realize. And, you know, I want to get that fear of going in person because my dream is to be a motivational speaker. Um, one day we'll see what happens, but one day to be a motivational speaker and, you know, to do that, I've got to get out of my comfort zone and be willing to talk in front of, you know, sometimes thousands of people there. Um, but I think that's really, really important. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I know one other thing that you also don't talk a lot about on TikTok is your 3D printing uh, and how you work with that. And you also had a service, a 3D printing service back uh, before TikTok began, I believe. So, yeah, um, 3D printing. So just to start from the beginning. So when I graduated high school, my first year in college, I had this internship at the fab lab, this fabrication laboratory, where we got to make all sorts of cool things using 3D printing, vinyl cutting, CNC routing, laser cutting, vacuum forming, injection molding, um, woodworking equipment, metalworking equipment. And I took every single class they offered there because I loved it. And after I took all those classes, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna buy a 3D printer. I just want one for myself, just so I can print random stuff. Okay, when you buy a 3D printer, all your friends want you to 3D print stuff. Okay, so I got a little selfish. I was like, okay, 
I'll print it for you for a price. So that started the business side. But then I started going to like these craft fairs and people wanted me to print all this stuff. All these artisans would come up to me. Hey, can you print this? Can you print this? Can you print that? Of course I said yes, because I wanted the money. But that evolved and I bought more printers with the money that I made. That one paid for the next one. Those two paid for the next two. Those four paid for the next four. At one time, I had eight 3D printers of my own. And I was just printing and printing stuff for myself as well as others. And that Fab Lab I mentioned, I just hung around there learning as much as I could to the point that the former Fab Lab coordinator left and they asked me if I wanted the job. So I took it. So I mentioned I'm a teacher. So that's what I teach. I teach 3D printing, um, laser cutting, vinyl cutting, CNC milling, CNC routing, woodworking, metalworking, um, and design for it all. So you, the simplest way to put it would be to say that I teach engineering and design. That's a little fact that most people don't know about me. But that's where all of that started. And since then, I've gotten to work with so many people, design so many different interesting things. And it's been an experience, one that I enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. Um, I, I don't know a lot of people that really know how to work a 3D printer. I know when I was in public school um, that I had a teacher that used to 3D print. But I'm going to go aside from that. You mentioned woodworking and things like that. Um, and I think this is really cool because I know uh, a lot of people enjoy woodworking um, and different things. Uh, I know in my school, when I went to public school, we had... Um, we had a class called Ag, and we actually were lucky to be one of the few schools in Virginia who actually had a workshop Ag uh, class, and we were able to go out and work um, in that. And I remember when I used to do it, I loved doing it. You know, I, I, I still love woodworking, uh, but then we got to towards the end of the year, and when we get to the end of the year, you get to try welding. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what welding is, it's definitely something that's a, a lot bigger of a step than woodworking is. Um, you can definitely get hurt woodworking, but welding is a step further. And um, anyway, I tried welding, you know, kind of got a little nervous to do it, uh, but I did it. And when I started, I loved it. Uh, and I was actually one of the best welders in the class. I'm not saying that to brag or anything like that. It was just one of those things that was really cool. You know, I enjoyed doing it. So I used to go into class every day and put on the suit, put on the face shield and start welding. And it's something I haven't done in a while uh, because I'm obviously out of public school now. But uh, I think it's very cool because even in ways like that, you can share the gospel and uh, just simple ways, you know, it, even if it's, you know, making a project and having your little logo with a, a Bible verse under it or putting a cross keychain or whatever in an order. There's different ways of sharing the gospel. And that's something 
that I really wanted to point out in this point is there's so many different ways that you can just tell people about Jesus. And that's something that's really amazing. For those of you that want to find Chris on social media, if you're not already following him, all of his social medias will be in the description or in uh, the show notes on podcasting apps. I'm so excited that you all tune in for another episode of the WWJD podcast. I can't wait to see you all next week with another guest. Thank you.